Megan. And I'm Sue, and this is Runner Girls, a podcast about women brought together by a love of running. And I did that entirely <laughs> off the top of my head. <laughs> it only took me eight years <laughs> to memorize. <laughs> I don't know. Seven. Has it been that long? No, seven years. Uh, feels like a lifetime, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So how are you doing, Megan? I'm okay. How are you? I'm pretty good. My husband just got home from work and we just had a nice family meal together, which was nice because we haven't done that in a while. Like the whole family sitting together at the table and eating. It's nice. I have to like force the kids. My daughter's like, uh, really? We're going to do this? <laughs> like, yes, we're going to do this. We're going to eat together as a family. <laughs> oh, it's hard when everybody's like got their own schedule and whatnot, but Ethan's home now, and I had the day off today, so there was no reason I couldn't make dinner and eat with my family, and it was really good. So yeah, I'm good. How are you? You said you're good? Yeah, just hanging out. The weather's nice. It is sunny right now. I had the sliding glass door open all day. It was breezy and about 70. Nice! So it's been really nice. I can't wait to bike in it later. Yeah, I had about the same here. We've had like the last few days, like I want to say like the last three or four days have been fairly nice, like upper 60s, low 70s, and with a good amount of sunshine. Not like constant sunshine, but it's been pretty good. So I've been so happy. And I was checking the forecast and I didn't see any rain in the forecast. It's raining right now. (laughs) Didn't see it in the (laughs) forecast, but I'm fine with it because I already did my workout this morning. (laughs) So... I'm looking forward to Memorial Day weekend because we're going to go up to um, Jeff's family's camp in Freiburg and the weather's looking good. So, And I got three days off and Jeff does too and the kids do. So we're going to have a nice long weekend together, which will be good. Do you have any plans for the holiday weekend? I don't think so. I don't work either, but I just haven't um, made any plans yet. So I don't know what we'll do. That's cool. Maybe just take it easy. Yeah, probably. Well, that's good. It's nice to just like forget about life for a little while (laughs) and it's needed, you know, three day weekends should come around a little more often, I think, but got to appreciate them when they come. So our half Ironman training has started this week officially, kicked it off Monday with a rest day. (laughs) Are you ready to talk about your training? I am. Okay, great. Well, how did it go for you so far this week? Okay, so I can't remember when we recorded last, but Saturday, I went and biked um, about 30 minutes before training officially started. And then um, that was, biking's hard. (laughs) Yeah. I forgot that. (laughs) I was slower than I wanted to be. Yeah, I know the feeling. Was it hard because it was hilly or just... You're just not used to it? Just not used to it. My quads are still really sore in the beginning part of biking. Mm -hmm. And so it's just going to take a while to get used to biking for that to go away. Yeah, I felt the same way. One thing that helps a lot is riding in a lower gear so that you're not working as hard on your quads. It's going to be slower, (laughs) Um, but just work on a quicker turnover and it will be easier on the quads. Yeah, so that's, I'm going to, I'll try that today and see how it goes. Okay. And then Tuesday I went and biked again because we had 30 minutes on the plan with a one-mile transition run. Mm-hmm. Oh, Saturday it was beautiful. It was like 70. I was almost hot while biking. I was like, okay, this is nice. Wow. Tuesday it was cold. It was like 57 or something and overcast. And I was very cold biking. See what I mean about getting cold on the bike? (laughs) Yes. I was like, this is crazy. And I wore long sleeves and everything, Mm -hmm. too, because I knew it would be. But it still wasn't warm enough for me. Mm. And the run afterwards was the weirdest feeling thing I've ever done. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I was like... There's probably the first quarter of a mile, like, my feet didn't want to work. I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Am I moving? Like, this feels so weird. I was thinking about you during my transition run, and I was like, I don't remember it ever feeling like this before. I wonder how Megan's is going to (laughs) go. 
like I almost fell over like the first couple steps after coming off the bike I was just like trying to walk and I was just like this isn't even what am I doing so after the first quarter mile it worked but I was just like this is ridiculous (laughs) and that's the feeling that you're gonna get used to (laughs) yes (laughs) but fortunately you know you get over it quickly it doesn't take long to get your running legs back no it's just when you're on the bike you don't realize like the different muscles you're using and how they feel until you get off the bike and then you're trying to move off the bike and I've heard people describe it as sea legs and it kind of feels like that like going from a boat to land and you're like what this isn't I'm not used to it feeling like this yeah it's very different it's like um I think it's because like you know the legs are turning over much more quickly when you're on a bike you're going much faster than you would on a run or for us somewhat faster than you would on a run. Um, and so when you start running, not only is the movement different, but it's like you almost feel like you're not moving at all because it's so much slow. It's like slow, running in slow motion almost. Yes, it, can, it felt like that. I was like, <laughs> okay, this is really weird. <laughs> and how was that second ride for you? Was it any better than the first or about the same? It was about the same. I felt more comfortable. I was a little bit slower, but I felt more comfortable doing it. So it's just going to be like my first couple weeks are really just going to be getting back into biking before I work on speed. Yeah. Just because there's not a whole lot of speed there currently. And that's okay. I think that'll happen the more that you bike. Just like when we run, like as soon as you like if you take time off of running and then come back to running at least I know for me because I've done it so many times I'm always <laughs> way slower like 13 14 minute miles at first and then within a few weeks I'm down to like 12 minute miles and then eventually 11 minute miles which is where I'm at right now like in between 11 and 12 so like it just takes time and I, that's yeah. what I'm hoping is true of the bike <laughs> But I, I got to say, I am faster now on the bike than I was when I trained for the sprint. So when I trained for the sprint, I would be like 12 miles an hour going my absolute fastest on the bike and then like 10, 8 or 10 miles an hour on hills. So now I'm about 14, 15 miles per hour going my absolute fastest on the bike and like 12 miles per hour on hills. So... It gets better. It's just not (laughs) much better yet. (laughs) Yeah, I averaged, I think, like 10 and a half for both of my two rides. So I was like, okay, I'm not as slow as I thought. How are you liking your bike? What do you have for a bike? I have a Live Avail 3, I think, from 2017. I like her. (laughs) I think I'm going to have to get a different saddle. Yeah. I haven't been super sore, and Tuesday I forgot bike shorts, and I just wore regular running shorts, or they were like capris. Mm. I was thinking about the run part, and so I just put regular running shorts on, and then I was biking, and I was like, oh, I don't have bike shorts on. Hmm. <laughs> so, and you were fine? Yeah, it wasn't too bad. That's good. Yeah. I had like I used to get like butt soreness, but now I get like soreness in my lady parts. So the bike shorts, I feel like I don't they they're not making a huge difference for me at this point. Um, maybe for long rides, I'll appreciate the padding more. But like, I think I like you. I need a new saddle. I need to like take the pressure off the front area. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's where I was noticing I was sore, not as much like in my sit bones, but mm. more frontwards. Yeah. And then I got my gym membership yesterday and swam. Ooh, how'd that go? I didn't know how long the pool was, so I kind of guessed. And I was a little bit short on my guess. But I went longer, according to my watch, than what we had to go because I didn't feel right because we had to do 600 yards. So was it like a 25-meter pool instead of 25 yards? Is that it? I put it down as 25 meters. It's really a 25-yard pool, Okay. but they had cut off a little bit of the end. So it was probably more like I got to swim 20 yards. Cut off a little bit of the end. Like there's – it wasn't lap swim. Like I went at the wrong time for lap swim. Okay. 
So they had like open swims. So the a good portion of the lap swim lanes were open for just open swims. So I could do laps in them, but they weren't like official. It's kind of like a kids area. They have a they have like a kids like no depth area, kind of mm-hmm. like a beach like with cement, and they have a hot tub and they have lap lanes and then they kind of roped off the deep end where people could hang out or whatever mm-hmm. it's very family friendly mm-hmm. and I went during an open swim I guess it's like kids night a lot of kids are there on Wednesdays because it was full of kids <laughs> so I imagine it's challenging to get a workout in when you're trying to swim laps in an open swim area with kids around <laughs> yes luckily in the open swim area there were not kids like they, they kind of stayed down to the other end there's only one other person, so I was able to do it. Mm-hmm. I was just very weird. So I'm going to go in the mornings on Wednesdays from now on because they have lap swim in the mornings. Mm-hmm. And how was the swimming for you? It was good. Um, I drank more water than I probably wanted to just on accident. Right. It's been a while since I've just swam in a pool. Yeah. Just, it's not like a common thing I do anymore so I was just like okay this is interesting and then um I need goggles yeah it's just really what I need to get and then it really wasn't bad I um need to work on breathing technique just because the way I know it'll hurt my shoulders for too long the way I was tilting my head because it pulled a lot on my shoulders so were you like lifting your head straight up to breathe Yeah. Okay. So when you're swimming freestyle, you're doing, um, I assume you're doing freestyle overhand. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, So what you want to do is you want to keep your head looking at the um, lane lines at the bottom of the pool while you're swimming because that'll help keep your hips up and keep you horizontal in the water. And when you need to breathe, you're going to turn your head to the side so that your head comes up out of the water and breathe. So like if you're just looking straight ahead at the wall in front of you right now and just turn your head directly to your side, that's how you're going to do it in the pool. So don't lift your chin, but just turn, like swivel your head. And as you're doing this, you're going to like rotate your hips too as part of your stroke. So like your hips will rotate back and forth in the water and then that'll help like move your body up and out. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like a continuous motion. If you watch some YouTube videos of like elite swimmers, you can get a good idea of like the rotation and the breathing, but it's just a matter of like, you really want to turn your head to the side instead of lifting your head up. And that'll help keep you moving efficiently. If you lift your head up, your hips and your legs are going to drag and it's definitely going to slow you down. Yeah. And put strain on your neck. (laughs) Yes. I knew I was doing it wrong and I tried to tilt my head. It's just going to take more practice because I had remembered seeing that and reading about it, I think. So I was trying to do that. It's just going to take more practice to get in the habit of it. Mm -hmm. Like moving my head from side to side instead of tilting my head up. And that's something that if you're, you said your gym offers like lessons and stuff, right? You could like mm-hmm. just do like a one-time lesson and, you know, they can show you how to do that and like get you doing it in the water. Like they're really good about that stuff, especially since you already know how to swim. It's just like a technique thing. Yeah. And I'll probably take, I need to look because they have those technique classes mm-hmm. this summer for all the different swim strokes. Yeah, that's a really good idea. You learn so much from being at a pool. Like, I, you know, I thought I knew how to swim. <laughs> now I work at a pool and it's like I'm learning so much more. It's pretty cool. Like, I just watch people swim all day long and I'm just like, oh, that's an interesting. Okay, I should do that. Like streamlining off the wall, which I always just like, I don't know how to flip turn at the end. I tried doing it before. I always get water up my nose. So I normally like touch the wall and then push off and then immediately start my stroke and my kick. But what I've been seeing a lot of people do at the pool is pushing off the wall in a streamlined position with their hands like above their head um, so that they're basically like one long line and they're not kicking and they're not stroking and they go for about five meters and then they start going. And I'm like, huh everybody's doing that. Maybe I should start doing that. Turns out it saves you so much energy. (laughs) So, um, yes, I pick up a lot. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I had done to just the kicking from the wall and kind of just going as far as it would let me and then going just, but that's 
came from swimming as a kid. Right. So that's something that you had learned already, but I never got that lesson. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it went well, you think? Yeah. I, um, now that I know how long the pool is, I can set my watch for an accurate, um, measurement Mm -hmm. and then see how it actually does. Like I'll count and compare my watch. How long do you think you swam for? My watch says 675 meters, but that's going based on the fact that it was 25 meters. Right. But I mean, how much time do you, did you spend in the pool? It says like 15 minutes and that encounter that counted rests. Yeah. So something, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) If I do the 675 yards, it says I went, that's or 675 meters, that's like 783 yards. So even if I only did like 600 meters, I probably got pretty close to the 600 yards I actually needed to do. Yeah, 15 minutes seems short for that amount of swimming, but maybe that's because I'm much slower than you are. So I'll be interested to see like what it is when you, just just like for a frame of reference, because we are going to race together. Like, if one of us is going to be a lot faster, that's something that we should know ahead of time. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, I'll be interested to see when you try it again next time. Yeah. And I would recommend pausing your watch while you're resting, just so we can get an, you know, a really accurate idea of your pace. Okay. Yeah, once I knew I didn't know how long the pool was, I just kind of was like, well, I'm just going to go and we'll just measure it and I'll deal with it later. I'm not too worried about it. I'm sure. swimming and that's all that matters because <laughs> I walked around the whole pool. I'm like, do they have a sign that says how long it is? Do How do I know how long the pool is? And I looked. I walked around kind of looking like an idiot, I'm sure, looking at all the signs on the wall to figure out how it is. So, it's- I mean, if you ever have a question about the pool, you can either A, ask the person at the front desk or ask the lifeguard on duty because they'll probably know. <laughs> well, Okay, see, this is where I got all awkward social anxiety because the lifeguards on duty were like these high school boys and I was in my bikini and I was just like, "Mm, I'm not, mm, I'm okay. Because I already went up there and had like two different guys who I don't even know be like, hey, I was like, hi. So I'm glad I got an actual swimming bathing suit. So I'm not going because I was just like, this is weird and I don't yeah so I didn't ask the teenage boys (laughs) I gotta tell you there's really not a lot of people swimming laps in a two-piece bikini at the pool so I can understand (laughs) yes it was just this whole I was like and I already felt awkward going in and doing that I was like I know this is weird but I have to get my swim in and my suits won't get here till Friday so it is what it is so when I exactly I'm just so excited now. (laughs) So what did you get for a suit? I got two of the dolphin uglies because they had one that was like a grab bag. So it's a um, like random one. Yeah, it's a mystery suit, but it's a really good deal, right? Yeah, it was like $28. It was almost half off. I was like, okay, that's good for me because I don't necessarily care what it looks like right now. So you might find this fun, but um, there are a lot of like guards and swim instructors at my pool that do the grab bag dolphin ugly suits and a lot of times they're like Christmassy because they don't sell (laughs) very well so I've seen some really cool Christmas prints and you like the Christmas sneakers so that might be fun for you (laughs) yes so yeah I got I guess the competition suit which has a little bit I don't know the picture shows three, four different styles of suits. So I really have no idea what I got. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure if it's going to fit. Based on measurements, I went off what it would be. But I'm still very worried it won't fit because of the chest. So we'll see. I don't know. I haven't ever worn a two-piece, I don't think. Or a one-piece bathing suit, not since I was a kid. Yeah, one pieces are are definitely hard to fit. Like for me, I have a very long torso. So like I was doing my measurements for my, I just recently bought a new guard suit, which is like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like red solid tank. It says guard on it. So cool. Um, But um, I had to like figure out my measurements and like three of my measurements, which were my, my chest my hips and my waist were all extra small, but my torso measurement was a medium. (laughs) 
And I'm like, all right, what size do I get? So I went with the small. <laughs> um, and it's a little it's a little snug, but I think it's going to work. But I've had that problem in the past of like having to buy medium or large one-piece suits because I have this freakishly long torso, which, okay, it's not freakish. It's just out of proportion to the rest of me. <laughs> yes, I've run into that as well, especially with the chest. And then my torso is kind of longer than what my legs average out to be. And this of course doesn't have a torso length section. It just has chest, waist and hip. Uh, I'm like, okay, well that's all circumference based. Cool. But what if it doesn't fit long enough? I guess they assume if it fits width wise, it'll fit long enough. But mm. again, that doesn't always work. So I got a 32, a medium. Ooh, I'm a 32 too. High five. (laughs) Okay. That makes me feel better because that's kind of like... I have no chest though. So I don't know if that helps. (laughs) Well, it's not going to fit there anyway. So it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) I went into that knowing that. But I'm really excited. They get here tomorrow. So I'm going to try them on. I'll probably do an extra swim on Saturday just to see what I actually can do. Mm -hmm. And... um. I'm excited about the rest of the workouts this week. Yeah, so today is Thursday, so that means today was bike day, which you're going to do after, mm-hmm. after we record. Um, yeah. And then tomorrow is three miles run. Saturday is, what do we have, 10, 10, 10 miles? 10 miles. Bike? Okay. Um, and then um, Sunday is like four mile run, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. That'll be a, a good finish out the week for you. You're doing great so far. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm really motivated too. So what, Tuesday bike day, I sat down on the couch for probably an hour and I was like, okay, I have to go. I was like, I really don't feel like it. I was like, but I have to go. Yep. So it took an hour to get me up to do it, but <laughs> I did it good. and then I even finished before it was dark. So I went all the way to the park and rode my bike in the cold wind and then ran in the cold wind (laughs) before dark. So I was like, okay, you can do this. And then now it's just planning everything around stuff. Yeah. Like life. (laughs) Yeah. The thing is when you're, you know, you have to train six days out of seven. It's like, well, it's just got to get done. Like, yeah. that's, that's the tricky thing. Like, you know, the other day for my bike ride, it was cooler than I wanted it to be. But I'm like, well, I have to train with the client this morning and then I have to go to work and I'm definitely not going to get out after work. So it's going to get done. So, um, so for my week, let's see, last we spoke was Saturday. Um, Sunday I did, um, I did go out for a run on Sunday, an easy run. I was planning on three or four miles and I'm trying to remember where I went or what I did and I don't remember now but I oh yeah I think it was just it was an out and back so I ended up running out two miles and felt pretty good and finished up with four which is my longest run since I've been back running which has only been like a week and a half so (laughs) I guess I can't really um well it's been two weeks I think now so so that was good and was happy about it and felt good after that I did well Monday was a rest day but I think I did something anyway I think I went to the gym and worked out no I worked out at home on Monday and then Tuesday was bike and transition run so I did 30 minutes on the bike which I think I ended up getting lost no that was the week before I should pull up my Strava so I have any idea at all what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what did I do? I don't remember the bike so much as I remember the feeling of trying to run after the bike. <laughs> it was just like, okay, I'm like running through mud or something, but I felt like I wasn't, it was barely moving. I started to feel better probably about a half mile into the run. So it took me a little longer than it took you, I think. But uh, the cool thing was that by the end of the run, it felt like I wasn't moving, but it ended up being like around 11 minute miles or maybe just like just around 11 minute miles. So I was very happy about that because I felt like it was going to be like 13. <laughs> I was like, holy cow, I'm not moving, but I was. So that was a fun surprise. 
The next day was Wednesday. That was my swim. So I ended up <laughs> I ended up doing a bit of a longer swim. So as you know, I am strongly leaning towards doing that Olympic at the end of June. Um, so I was thinking, well, I gotta I gotta go a little longer on my swim distance now. So on Wednesday, I did I actually went for fourteen hundred yards because my longest swim to date has been twelve hundred um, in this training cycle, and. So I was like, I'm just going to go a little further. I'm trying to get up to 1600 before the Olympic. So I did that. And I actually, this is probably the first swim where I actually felt really good in the water. Like I actually got into a groove and felt comfortable and felt like I could sustain the pace. Wasn't getting terribly out of breath. So I actually feel like my, my, I was starting to feel like some degree of swimming fitness on this one. And I didn't take a lot of breaks either. I, I took maybe three or four short breaks and I swam, I ended up swimming 1400 meters, which comes out to be 1531 yards. So I was really happy with that. My pace ended up being 219 per hundred yards, which was well above where we need to be. <laughs> like, so I'm really happy with that. Yeah, it was just a really good swim. I wish they could all feel like that, you know, like when you have a run and it just feels good and you feel like you could just run forever. It was like that. It was really good. And then um, Thursday today was bike ride. The plan was 30 minutes. Uh, I ended up taking a different route that I haven't done before. I was aiming, well, I was hoping for around seven miles because if I'm going at the target 14 miles per hour that would put me at about a half an hour but it took me ended up taking me a bit longer and the um because I'm just kind of like going out for a ride and not really planning my route (laughs) so I never know how much distance I'm actually going to do so this one ended up being almost seven and a half miles it was the first half was flat and then the second half and I was sure that I was averaging faster than 14 miles per hour in the first half but the second half was hilly and yeah it was it was it was hilly it slowed me down but I felt pretty good I'm I really feel like I'm getting a good feel for the shifting gears so like one of the things I noticed is like on my my bike I have like my the gears that are on the left control the front gears and the gears that are on the right control the rear gears and if I keep my rear gears like in the middle zone (laughs) and I just shift back and forth between the two front gears then I can use like the big gear for like going downhill and like flat riding and I can use the little gears for going uphill when it's like really hard Um, and that's an easy way for me to shift and then I can adjust on the right hand side if I need to but I really like to stay in that middle zone because it makes things really simple I don't know I I think right now I'm not really able to like finesse it I was I was coming up (laughs) on my uh, way back home today I'm like coming up this hill and I'm just like barely getting my legs to turn over and this like woman cyclist comes speeding past me like going up the hill and I'm looking just looking at her like how the hell is she doing that so it was a nice little like, oh, Sue, you're not quite where you want to be yet. <laughs> like little wake up call there. Um, but that was fine. So it it was a good ride. I had no complaints. I'm really enjoying that the weather's been nicer here lately. So um, hoping for more of the same <laughs> as much as possible during training. I know eventually, like probably bef- before I'm even ready for it, it's going to be hot and um, uncomfortable and I'm just going to have to get used to it. So I'm really trying to enjoy this nice weather while it lasts. So that was my training for this week. The plan is to run three miles tomorrow, 15 mile bike on Saturday. We're going up to Jeff's family's camp this weekend so I'm going to have to get my bike ride done first before we head up there in the morning and then I'm just going to run while I'm up at camp. I'm going to go out to the mountain rail trail there and and do my run on the rail trail and that'll be good so that's the plan for this week so next week looks like tuesday's workout is the same as this week so 30 minutes moderate on the bike with one mile transition run Um, wednesday's pool swim will be 700 yards and thursday's bike will be 30 minutes moderate and then five minutes comfortably hard 
So comfortably hard. Okay. I'm guessing they don't mean just up a hill. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say all of biking is comfortably hard right now. So just keep going what I'm doing. (laughs) You just keep doing what you're doing. Sure. (laughs) Friday's run is again, three miles moderate. And then Saturday's bike ride next weekend will be 15 miles moderate. Did I say that for this week? earlier you did on accident it's only 10 this week it is it is 10 on the plan i am planning on doing 15 which is why i said it because i'm trying to get up to 25 before my olympic so i'm going slightly ahead of plan but yeah it is it's definitely 10 um for the first week so look at sue who made us a plan and she's not even following it Uh, well i was hoping to do an olympic in july i'm not going to go into my olympic completely unprepared for the distance (laughs) so i gotta take what i think with you i know oh come on how many times have i ever not modified a training plan (laughs) even my own um and then sunday's run will be five miles moderate which will be good i think so um i gotta say i'm feeling really good I just want to give an update on all of my issues (laughs) real quick. Um, So my um, toe that I was worried might be broken, I still get occasional twinges, but it's like, it seems to be fine. Like doesn't bother me when I run, doesn't bother me after I run. Occasionally I'll feel it when I'm swimming, if I'm pushing off the wall, but I've been pretty good about that. So I think my toe's okay. It doesn't seem to be very painful or getting worse or even really an issue it's like occasionally I'll feel like a something there um so that I'm not worried about my hamstring strain I think is good I think that's healed I do have some residual hamstring tightness probably from scar tissue and just my general hamstring tightness and I've been doing some research and apparently I have to um stretch and roll my quads more so I've been doing that more so sometimes like if I like after that workout where it was the bike followed by the run like the next day at the pool I was really uncomfortable sitting in the chair all day like my butt was tight my hamstrings were tight and achy but I did some like serious foam rolling and stretching and stretching my glutes which I never do Um, so I'm like well Sue why don't you just start stretching everything (laughs) Um, but I did that I took I took the time and did a real thorough like stretching foam rolling session and then the next day at work I was fine like absolutely fine so not worried about that It's just a matter of staying on top of that dumb stuff that I don't want to do. And then my feet, like my plantar fasciitis, completely fine, by the way. Um, I think probably because I'm not lifting any heavy weights. I have been doing workouts, but it's been mostly body weight stuff or with like a medicine ball or like kettlebells. So it's like, I think my feet are happy that I'm not lifting heavy right now. My waistline, not so much. (laughs) Like I want to... Oh man, do I want to lift? Uh, I want to lift so bad, but it's like there's no way I have the time or the energy to do that with this training cycle. So, and then um, what else? My um, my um, like my sinuses, my congestion after swimming is better. So I did my longest swim on Wednesday and then worked all day and I still had like post nasal drips still runny nose occasional sneezing but it's so much better like every time I swim it's better than the time before so you know still annoying (laughs) but totally manageable now and I don't feel like ridiculous sneezing all day long which is good so so mostly I'm feeling pretty good about training and the thing that I'm getting frustrated with is that I want to run more than is on the plan Like, I just want to run every day. Like, oh, I should do a running streak. And I'm like, no, I shouldn't because I really should be focusing on biking. Like, if I want to do anything, like, put all my energy there. But man, do I want to run. But I think keeping this, like, balanced with the swimming and the run and the biking is going to help me to stay healthy, which is good. Because I have a tendency to get excited once I start running again and then overdo it, (laughs) as you know. So that's where I'm at. I just wanted to give that update because some people have been asking, like, um, posting on my Strava activities, like, hey, how's your toe doing? <laughs> like, oh, it's it's fine. Like, seriously, it's fine. I also tend to, like, overanalyze things, too, because I don't want to, you know, hurt myself or put myself out of commission for a long time. So, So that's all good. 
I'm excited for training. I think the first week went very well for both of us. And I'm excited to um, have the next week. Yay! I'm so excited. Yeah, it's cool. Like, you got your suit and, oh, suits. And you got your gym membership. So now you can swim in a pool. And you're doing it. And I'm so excited that you're doing it. And you're doing it with me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited. I've been having a lot of fun biking more than I thought I would and I'm not as scared I just kind of am like well you know just bike and see how it goes it's helpful that when I bike on the trails there's very few people there Mm -hmm. currently like Saturday there was the most amount of people because it was nice out but it was mostly just walkers and stuff I could go around so I was like okay this is cool so that's been it's just been nice and I've been letting myself go down hills without putting the brakes on (laughs) Have you tried pedaling down the hills or are you just coasting? Okay, so last Saturday, I just coasted down the hills and braked a little bit. So Tuesday, my goal was to not brake at all going downhill. (laughs) (laughs) I got to admit, I did brake a little on a hill recently, but it was a massive hill that I knew I had to come to a complete stop at the bottom of. (laughs) So I was like, well, in this situation, it's necessary. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tuesday, I got the fun part of driving by a skunk. Not driving by, riding by a skunk. It was glorious. Not. That smell stayed with me for like two days. Oh, it had sprayed? Yes. It's all I could smell. It was like in the trees to the side. So I couldn't even see the skunk. But going by it's all I could smell and I had to come back the same way and I smelled it again and then it's like one of those smells (laughs) that you swear stuck in you and it's all Uh I could smell I was like oh skunk no oh that's awful outside outdoors are fun but (laughs) yeah (laughs) I just had an idea they sell nose clips for swimming (laughs) you could bring it with you on your bike of course then you'd be breathing skunk smelling through your mouth but (laughs) Yes. Oh, and I didn't wear my sunglasses Tuesday because it wasn't um, sunny out. All of the bugs all in my face. I was like, oh, I want my sunglasses back. This is not as fun. Like, because it was kind of humid out. So it was all the small flyy bugs and Mm -hmm. running. I don't ever notice them. Biking, they're everywhere. And I was like trying to close my mouth and then they were in my eyes. And I was like, whatever, this is just what it's going to (laughs) be. Lovely. I haven't I haven't had the issue of bugs yet, and I don't usually wear sunglasses, but now I'm thinking I probably should. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah, the the bike goes around like a lot of water. There's a couple like lake things and stuff yeah. where people fish in and everything, so it's just water all the time, so there's more bugs. That makes sense. Great job this week. Awesome start to the triathlon training. Um, so tonight we are going to talk about riding on the road and around cars and traffic and how that works. <laughs> um, so this is an article that I found from greatest.com and it is called Road Bike Safety 101, How to Get There, Get Fit, and Not Get Hit. So these days it seems like more bikes are out on the roads than gathering dust in the garage. Maybe it's because we're worried about climate change, or maybe we're just preoccupied with our waistlines, or maybe we're training for a triathlon. (laughs) But no matter the person, there are plenty of reasons to trade the car in for a bike. Between 2000 and 2009, the number of regular bike commuters grew 70% across the entire United States. Holy cow. Yeah. And some areas, like the Northeast, the increase in everyday cyclists was as high as 127%. Those statistics include plenty of diversity. Studies show that biking and walking are appealing to children and teenagers, as well as working adults. With more bicycles on the road, numerous cities have implemented new infrastructure to make cruising on two wheels safer and easier. Freshly paved bike paths, freshly painted bike lanes, handy-dandy traffic signals, and bike share programs are cropping up all over the country. Before joining the party on that rusty old one-speed, make sure you know the rules of the road. Biking can be just as safe as driving. In fact, some studies claim it's the safest transportation for young adults. 
when everyone follows the law and uses plenty of common sense. Below is a cheat sheet on how to avoid accidents and tickets on the road. Happy cycling. So rules of the road. Bike on the road in the same direction as traffic. Only bikers under age 12 are legally allowed to ride on sidewalks. Even though they lack a motor, bicycles are considered road vehicles just like cars and trucks. Hmm. Stop at red lights and stop signs and obey other traffic signs, i.e. one-way street, yield, etc., just like you would in a car. Use marked bike paths or lanes when they're available. When traveling with children, be extra safe. I was planning on being super dangerous, but you know. (laughs) I didn't know you were planning on traveling with a child on a bike. (laughs) Well, also, (laughs) but in some areas, New York, for example, babies under one year old cannot be carried on a bike. Kids must sit in a correctly attached child carrier, i.e. no sitting on the handlebars or perching on the back wheel. All children must wear a helmet at all times. In some states, that means all persons under age 18. In many areas, biking on highways, expressways, interstate routes, and throughways is illegal, although this may be changing soon thanks to new highway systems for bikes in Maine, New Hampshire, Michigan, and Alaska. Hey, good news for me and you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Not that I plan on biking on the highway, because that's terrifying. (laughs) But maybe it's like a separate bikeway. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I haven't seen one on the highways around me, but if they put them on, that will be like super awesome. Hmm. Very, very cool. And also, I think in some states, like everybody on a bike has to wear a helmet. I always thought that that was the law, but maybe it's just where I live that you're supposed to wear a helmet, not just children. So this is talking about the U.S. bike highway or bicycle route system. I'm going to figure out what this is and see where it is. Oh, this is nothing to do with what we're talking about. Well, somewhat. (laughs) Um, I just came across a thing on Facebook today that they're planning to build a um, trail system that goes from one end of the country to the other. Like from, I think it goes from like Washington to somewhere on the East Coast, I want to say like Virginia area. But it goes like across the country. That's like a rail trail system which is super cool for like if you want to bike across country, but you don't want to do it in traffic. (laughs) Yes, that would be cool. It looks like your New Hampshire bicycle thing, Sue, is out at the coast, like Portsmouth. Yep. But all really along the beach. Yeah. So Portsmouth uh, is actually where my pool is, where I work. And they have like a ton of like bike lanes and stuff. But I was just thinking of like that on the highway itself. There's not nothing like that, but all along the beach, they're super awesome about putting in bike lanes and making it super convenient for biking, which is nice now that I'm doing that. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is, it's USBR1, following portions of the East Coast Greenway along the Atlantic Coast. Yeah. Route 1, hmm. I mean, I don't really think of as a highway. It's like a two-lane road. So, like, f- I guess for me, I was thinking of, like, Interstate 95, yeah yeah no Um, i'm not it would be terrifying yes but yes 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 (laughs) yeah route one though is super cool because it goes basically along the whole coast of maine and you know through new hampshire and down into mass it's super cool and it's like scenic like it's all along the the coast basically it's pretty cool Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. My Hampton um, Marathon, Smutty Nose, Rock Fest, and Run for the Border are all like basically along Route 1. Oh, okay. That makes sense. All right. So safety gear. While each state has its own rules and regulations, most areas require cyclists to support the following safety equipment. Helmet. This fancy one keeps track of fitness info while protecting the noggin. So I'll have to see what that is while you read about what's next. (laughs) you need a bell or horn bell or horn horn oh i don't have one of those i should get one i'd like to have a horn that'd be fun honk honk white (laughs) white headlight and red taillight when riding around sunrise sunset or at night you need working brakes very important and reflectors on the front and back of the bicycle so the fancy helmet that they mentioned in the article 
is like this smart bike helmet that has like fighter pilot technology built in for fitness tracking, <laughs> which is pretty ridiculous. It's basically like a smart watch on your head. <laughs> yes, it it's not a thing anymore, Sue. Are you sure? Well, going to like if you go to the Life Beam Indiegogo thing in the Life Beam, they don't really exist. Oh, hmm. yeah. This article is from 2013. Maybe it didn't get off the ground. Yep. All right, so we'll just take out all of that. <laughs> all we right. just need a helmet. <laughs> um, good habits for busy streets. To make every cycling experience positive and safe, follow safe biking practices. Most of these habits are geared towards keeping the cyclist visible to drivers and pedestrians in order to prevent accidents. So number one is put down the phone. We shouldn't even need to say this, but talking on the phone, texting, or checking Instagram while biking are major no-nos. I mean, I can't even begin to imagine taking out my phone during a bike ride and trying to do that while I'm trying to, like, you know, stay upright. (laughs) Yeah, there's no, I have no idea. I'm just, I don't even think I could get to my phone. I'd be, like, falling off my bike. Yep. It's it's hard enough just to look behind you to see if there's traffic behind you. Yes. Um, also refrain from listening to headphones because they can make it more difficult to hear approaching cars and pedestrians. Ride in a straight line. This one's self-explanatory, but riding in a predictable fashion makes it easier for cars to go around and not into you. That's a good one. Stay on the right side of the lane in a single file line with other cyclists, not two or three abreast. If the street is too narrow for cars to pass, cyclists are allowed to ride in the middle of the lane to increase visibility. That is frightening to me, like actually riding in the road in a lane. (laughs) Um, Keep an eye out for parked cars or rather doors from parked cars opening into the street. Avoid the dreaded door into cyclist snafu by staying a little bit closer to the center of the street if there are parked cars. Also, move towards the left side of the lane when turning left. So that's also good to know. So that was like one of the main reasons why I wanted to cover this in the show. Because I was, every time that I'm out riding in traffic, I'm like, what on earth would I do if I wanted to turn left right now? (laughs) Um Apparently, you have to, like, get into the road and move over to the left side of the lane and then turn when you have space to turn. And I'm just trying to picture myself doing that, and I can't. But maybe if it wasn't so busy. I think because, like, the only flat road I have around me is a busy highway, like um, Route 236. It's, like, a major route. And that's where I like to ride where it's flat. Otherwise, I have to ride on hills and no shoulder. (laughs) So, yeah, that's going to be interesting, learning how to do that or even attempting to do that. Do you not have a bike path near you or anything? Not within riding distance. Oh, okay. I know that there are some around, I believe. I'm trying to think. I think all I can think of now are, like, actual dirt trails. Not Oh, there's the one in Sanford that they do the... um, mainly marathons course on that's a like a paved bike path but it's like only like a mile long so it'd be like constant loop (laughs) which would be fine but no not a lot of like actual bike trails more mountain biking like dirt trail type trails around me which i'm not really interested in no all right you're up okay so Stay out of driver's blind spots, especially at traffic lights or stop signs. Okay, so that's a good point. I I guess when you're, I know that you have to obey traffic laws. So you have to like come to a stop at a stoplight, but you don't want to be like right to the right of somebody because you don't know if they're going to see you if you're in their blind spot. So I guess you're supposed to be in the lane in front of them, which is also scary to me. <laughs> It just, that's, I, have I mentioned that I'm scared of biking? <laughs> uh, okay. I'll this figure is why it out. I have not biked anywhere near a road. Right. I have gone to the closed off paved bike slash running path. Right. And that's where I've stayed because I don't want to deal with cars. Hmm. I think participating in a group ride would help a lot. I think seeing what other riders do and learning their behaviors, following their behaviors, getting comfortable doing those things, 
I think will help with getting comfortable on the road because we are going to have to ride on the road during the race. It's going to be 56 miles and the roads aren't closed. So the roads aren't closed. No, I don't think I've ever done a race in New England where the roads were closed, like cycling or triathlon or running or otherwise. So, okay. It's okay. going to be okay. We'll be together. I'm going to get a little <laughs> bit faster before I go do a group ride because it's no drop and everybody would just be waiting forever for me because I'm slow. Oh. They do a Monday night ladies ride. So I'm going to go to it, but I'm going to get a little bit faster. So maybe in like middle to the end of June. That's my goal to go do one then. Okay. I have another recommendation though. Reach out and see if anybody, like, if you, if, like, there's a Facebook group for those group rides or whatever, reach out and see if anybody wants to just do, like, a ride with you, like, individually that's, like, on the slow side, because it doesn't hurt to ride with someone who's willing to go your speed and, but is comfortable on the road, you know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. I would be something I've I've tried doing that myself. It just hasn't worked out schedule wise yet because I like you, I'd feel more comfortable. I want to ride with other people like I want to learn how to do it properly. Um, So I want to ride with other people, but I am afraid of riding with a group who's used to going faster than I am. So, yes, but I am going to have to um, I'm going to have to shake that jump at some point. It's definitely yes, definitely on the plan for me. All right, next is always keep at least one hand on the handlebars. Save the look ma no hands tricks for the driveway at home. Again, who do they think we are? I don't know. (laughs) So um, this is the part I was kind of excited about. So it says to signal well and make eye contact with drivers before making a turn or slowing down. All biking signals are done with the left arm. So keep the right hand on the handlebars for stability. If you're not confident about your signaling skills, spend some time practicing turns in a quiet area where there is little traffic before hitting the busier roads. To turn left, extend the left arm straight out from your side, parallel to the ground. Okay, so like you're just doing like a lateral raise, straight out to the side. Yes. To turn right, extend the left arm out straight from the shoulder with the elbow bent and the left hand pointing straight up. This arm should form an L shape. Okay, so your arms straight out to the side again, but then you're bent at the elbow with your hand pointing up. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. To slow down, extend the left arm out straight from the shoulder with the elbow bent and the left hand pointing straight down. It's the opposite of the right hand turn. Okay. All right, so here's my problem with this. (laughs) The one that makes the L shape should be the left turn. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I want to say, because that would be a very easy way to remember it. Instead, I have to think opposite. Okay, so turning left, have it straight. Yeah, well, I'm thinking the straight up would be like stop, too. You know, because your hand is up, and it's up like I'm slowing down. But no, that's you turning right. (laughs) Yep. But good to know, because I have seen cyclists signaling, but I wasn't sure, like, all right, what are they saying? You know? (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. but then that's the other thing I should know as a driver, what the signals mean that they're trying to tell me. Right. And I know, I know it was in the driver's manual when I first learned to drive years ago, but I did not retain that information. So definitely good to know. Left is straight out. Right is bent and up and slowing down is bent and down. Yes. Right. Don't drink and bike. Duh. (laughs) I'm still laughing at drinking and biking. Mm -hmm. Don't drink and bike while you're on your phone (laughs) and wobbling all over the place. (laughs) Stay visible. Wear bright colors for daytime riding and reflective materials for night. Good. Consider sporting a mirror to keep track of cars behind you. That's a really good one. And I'm trying to figure out how on earth I would rig that on my bike because I would love to see what's behind me without having to turn around because I don't really know how to turn around and look without losing control of my bike yet. (laughs) So getting a mirror. See, it's weird because I have like a a vintage road bike, an old fashioned road bike with the curved handlebars that like loop down. And Mm -hmm. so like the only place where I could put a mirror would be like in the middle of the handlebars and I don't even know I wouldn't really be able to see behind me because it'd be in front of me 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Um, maybe if I could mm-hmm. like strap one to my wrist, <laughs> my left wrist, that might work. Hmm. But it depends because sometimes maybe. my hands are on the top of the handlebars, but usually if I'm going arrow, then I'm down low on the handlebars. So I wouldn't, my, that wouldn't work either. I don't know. People, how do you do it? <laughs> Let me know. Okay. Travel with a mini toolkit. If your trek is more than 10 minutes or down a lonely stretch of road, you'll thank us. Take the time to learn how to do a few quick repairs in advance of any big rides so you don't get stranded. That's also something that I feel like I definitely want to learn more about is bike maintenance and like how to repair a flat tire. How do you change the tube? I should know that. Um, I did have like a little snap-on bike pump, which is helpful. If you know, if you don't have time for a full repair, you can at least pump up the tire for a little bit, (laughs) you know, to go a little bit further down the road. Um, But I can't find it. So I don't know. I'm going to have to get something. The first time, Sue, I would try to go out last Saturday. My road bike has fancy tires and the thing where you would normally put the air it was closed so I'm like pumping it I'm like there's no air going in why is this not working am I using the bike pump wrong like so I probably stood there in this parking a lot five or more minutes like pumping up and getting nowhere and then I was like well let me turn this I realized you have to like open the air thing and then pump it in and then close it and then put the cap on like it twists and it stops air from getting out I guess and it also lets air in so I'd been pumping for five minutes doing nothing because it wasn't open and then I finally do it I was like oh Megan I'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) you're an idiot (laughs) and I'm like these people here must be looking at me going what is she doing like does she not know how to ride a bike (laughs) it was so bad and then all good things to know, right? There's, see, there's so much we don't know about bikes. For example, like the, the gear shifts. Like I, I got a, the bike that I bought, I bought because it actually fit me and it was like a, a good road bike. It's, you know, it's vintage, it's old, so I got a good deal on it. It's probably from like the 80s, I want to say. But it's like an it's a Nishiki bike and I have Nishiki bike shorts. So I was like, oh, I have to get that. And it fit me perfectly. Um, but the gear, sh- the gear shifts, they're like levers on the middle of the handlebar. They're not like on the handlebars where my hands are. So I'm used to like a thing that you push with your thumb while you're holding on to the handlebar. I actually have to let go of the handlebar and then hold the lever down in the, on the middle. It's weird. The other weird thing about my gear shifts is my bike does this really cool thing where if you're going uphill for a long time and you're in a high gear, it's going to automatically switch it down for you. But it didn't give me any warning that it was going to do that. (laughs) So I'm pedaling and I'm pushing hard and I'm pushing hard and all of a sudden like, whoop, where did my, (laughs) where'd the resistance go? Like, it's, it's just surprising. Anyway, back to the article. (laughs) Check local, municipal, and state traffic laws before hitting the road. Major cities in certain states have different regulations, so study up before rolling out. Oh, that's a good idea. I was thinking about that because one of the things that I learned today in doing my research is that um, we were talking earlier about Portsmouth and how they have like these cool bike lanes. So they also have like the normal lanes that cars are on. They're like also bike lanes. They have like these arrow things with a bicycle and basically what it means is like you can ride or you should ride. If you're on a bike, you should be riding in the middle of the lane with the rest of the traffic, like in line with traffic. And I had no idea what that meant until I learned it today on the internet. And I drive down that road every day to work and I see the bike thing and I was like, oh, that's cool. This is like bike friendly. But I didn't realize that meant like, oh, bicyclists you should be riding in the middle of the lane here and they also have designated lanes off to the side in like areas of the city where there's more room for those lanes but like where you're in the middle of the city and there's parked cars on either side they really want cyclists to be right smack dab in the middle of the lane which is good to know you know different cities have different laws regarding how you should be riding and it's important to follow those laws to be safe all right Have fun. 
Biking is all about enjoying the great outdoors, so don't forget to smile while you signal. Okay. (laughs) All right. And that's basically the gist of it. It talks about the best and worst cities to bike. None of our cities are on there, so irrelevant to us. But I... I, And it's also six years old. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I'm sure Portsmouth, New Hampshire would be on there now um, if this was up to date. But yeah, I'm I'm feeling better knowing like how I should be riding in traffic and that I shouldn't be afraid to ride actually on the street, even though that's scary. But it's actually safer because they can see you and they won't be inclined to pass you if you're in the middle of the lane versus on the side of the lane. One of the other things that I was reading is you don't really want to be right up against a gutter or right on the edge of the road all the way to the side it's extremely dangerous to ride there Um, it's harder for people to see you that are driving in traffic so it's good to know I also saw something on Facebook the other day that was posted in one of the group ride groups of an article showing that riders should use um pool noodles hooked onto the back of their bikes so like use like a three-foot noodle attached to the back of your bike with the long, with the end of it basically going into the traffic lane because that's how much space a car is supposed to give you. And so if you have the noodle, they're more likely to give you the space, even though obviously it's not going to hurt their car or anything. But I just thought, well, that's a really good idea. I think I just feel a little silly riding around with a pool noodle on the back of my bike. But, but it's a good visual illustration of how much space you should have on the road and a lot of people don't tend to abide by that they think well if there's enough room for their car to get through they're going to go through you know and so that's why a lot of times it is safer to ride actually in the road instead of on the side of the road because there is not room for them to go around so they won't try hopefully (laughs) so you feeling any better about riding in traffic yet megan a little, yes. A little, okay. Well, hopefully you'll get to get out with some other riders at some point, you know, in the next few weeks as you start to train more and get more comfortable. I know I want to. It's just a matter of time of, like, finding people that I can ride with. There are groups around me, but they just don't ride at times that are convenient for me. Like, there was a ride tonight. There's a, today's my day off. So it's like, oh, I could have gone today, but the ride was at 6 p.m. Like, that's my recording time. <laughs> we um, can always reschedule recording for bike rides, just so you know. That's That was my excuse, though. I did already did my oh. ride this morning. <laughs> Plus, I still haven't figured out how I want to get my car down to Portsmouth. <laughs> I mean, my bike down to Portsmouth, because I don't, I, I, I'm not sure that I want to put a bike rack on my car because it's a lease. And I know that there are, like, racks that you can use that are not meant to damage your car, but I'm still, like, really nervous about it. So I was thinking I could maybe try and fit it inside my car, which is also very small inside. (laughs) Um, And the other option is just riding my bike down there and back, which would be 24 miles round trip. (laughs) So I don't know yet. I'm undecided on that. But, um, But there are cyclists around me that are willing to meet up at some point and ride. So I'm hoping to get that worked out. So that'll be good. So anyway, I think that wraps up our discussion on riding in traffic and following laws and biking safely. And um, I'm thinking next week we can talk more about, well, what what about you? Is there anything that you feel like you want us to cover soon as far as the training goes? So I sent you two links that I found from the Live website. One is an article about how to shift gears appropriately. And then the other one is about proper body position on the bike. So body position, so like um, fit, bike fit, very important. And then... Yeah, or how you are supposed to like have your body on the bike, I guess. So, um, awesome. Thank you. Well, I'll definitely look at those and we'll talk about that next week. All right. Okay. Awesome. Well, we went pretty long today, so I think this is a good place to stop. So I'm excited for the next week of training. I think we're doing great. We're going to keep it up. It's going to be awesome. (laughs) I'm so excited. I'm going to run tomorrow. Yeah, I get to run tomorrow. I only rode, ran, rode. I only ran (laughs) one mile this week. I'm dying, and it's 
it's tomorrow's gonna be Friday. I only ran one mile this weekend. <laughs> tomorrow's Friday. So um I'm excited to run. It'll be good. All right. So um all right, what am I gonna do tomorrow, Megan? <laughs> You're gonna run. You're gonna run. Yes. We get to run tomorrow. Yes. I'm gonna go outside and run. <laughs> yes. It'll be good weather. Yes. Bye, everybody. Bye, y'all. If you want to share anything, comments, questions, or your runs, you can email us at runnergirlspodcast at gmail.com. Follow us at facebook.com slash runnergirlspodcast. Tweet to us at runnergirlsshow. Tag us on Instagram at runnergirlspodcast. Or call the hotline at 207-200-3297. Download episodes at runnergirlspodcast.com, iTunes, and Stitcher. Thanks for listening. Now go outside and run.